This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. This is Gabriel Pineda from Shearwater Research, and you're listening to the Big Scuba Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Big Scuba Podcast. This is episode 96. We're getting through them. We certainly Hundreds are. Hundreds fast approaching. Yep, as you can hear, there's two of us here. Uh, so my name's Ian. And my name's Gemma, and we're sitting in a Ford Nugget. We are. We are sitting in a Ford Nugget in Wookie Hole Car Park, of all places. Yep, and that's in the southwest of England, for yeah. those that you don't know. There's quite a few people in uh, camper vans sitting in car parks, aren't there? <laughs> this is my first time up to all sorts of things <laughs> sorry I forgot it's a family show anyway coming up in this episode we talk uh, about what we've been up to this weekend we've got another great guest for you all yes. lined up well a combination of a couple yeah. this episode yeah um, we've been talking to another one in the Ford Nugget this morning in the Ford Nugget this morning yeah and uh, you know, let's talk about the nugget. You yeah, know, we so well. First of all, we better say what's good, you know about what the podcast is about. Well, the podcast is about all things to do with scuba diving, free diving, any person that's involved with the ocean in yeah. one way or another. It can be that they're into ocean conservation, uh, or they're an artist, or they sculpt uh, things of the ocean. So it's not. It's all-encompassing. It is. And um, we do like to say, and it gets comes up in many interviews, is that with diving, you never know where it leads. Exactly. And, uh, you know, uh, we've spoke to many people who've done some really exciting stuff. Yeah. You know? And uh, so I'm a dive master, and you are, have just recently learned yep, to dive I'm a yourself. Open water diver, and I'm soon to do my advanced open water with Paddy, and I've got thirty-seven log dives. Thirty-seven. Yeah. No, oh. no, thirty-six. No, thirty-seven. We did two yesterday. Yeah. Yep. And um, that's been really good. And you are learning all the time. Well, yes. we both are. I'm, I'm Definitely learning all the time. Know, uh, learning new things, and you know, all the time. So, let's talk about this weekend. Um, we've been away since Friday, since Thursday. We we came, we left home, and we've been in this uh, really great camper van. Yeah, the Ford Nugget. So it is a camper van, basically. It is. Uh, it's based on the Ford Transit and uh, Ford Transit Custom, and uh, it's very nice. It's in a metallic grey, uh, two litre. And it's doing 35 miles to the gallon. Yep, six-speed automatic. And at gearbox. first we were like, oh, I'm not sure this is going to work because there's not a lot of room. You know, how are we going to get all our dive gear in? How are we going to get cylinders in? How are we going to get all your luggage, <laughs> and makeup and hair products in? Oh, you've forgotten about your big sleeping bag. Yes, I have the mother of all sleeping bags. It's huge. <laughs> it's very nice, I have to say. I do like my sleeping bag. But... You know, it does all go in, and I think what's been really surprising of the the nugget is 
how much there's been a lot of thought go into this yeah it's been it's a bit like a tardis you know in a surprising really although i have overpacked half yeah, the stuff i, have I haven't well. used yeah. um but and when you come away camping what do you need you need a kugel most people who go camping got a kugel <laughs> um a pair of pants and flip-flops yeah that's about it, isn't it? yeah that's all you need and your bathroom gear and that's it yeah, and a pair of leggings, hoodies, that's it. No it one is. dresses up. They don't seem to. And we've seen, why is it with couples that wear matching clothing? Yeah. What's that about? <laughs> yeah, we've seen. If you're a camper odds. and you're a car or a caravaner, why do you wear matching clothing? What is that, a uniform? Matching clothes. It's a team uniform. Yeah. We've seen that on campsites. Bizarre. <laughs> you see them walk along, it's like, you've got the same coat. You, you actually look the same. Maybe it's buy one, get one free. Yeah could be it could be anyway you know caravanners there we go yes so it's my first experience of camping yeah <laughs> but it's been good it's been fun and um and i'm surprised we haven't fallen out and we haven't swore that much Fallen out well you know we're in a close confined things and, a, and there's nothing like uh testing the testing people's <laughs> Uh, patience like putting <laughs> up an awning yeah picking one down as well and that yeah. sort of thing yeah. so uh, you know and there's been the, the odd uh, testing of uh, memory and things like that you know <laughs> such as <laughs> such as <clears throat> driving away with the roof up <laughs> but there we go it's all a learning curve it is so it is we noticed <laughs> It's been a lot of laughs. It certainly sure. has been. Yeah. But so have a look if you get a chance. Go on Ford's website, Ford dot uh, com. Have a look at the, the Transit Custom Nugget. Yeah, and if you contact your Ford dealership and show some interest, just mention the big scuba. Yeah, tell them you've seen it on there. You heard us talk. Seen about a mad too going around. And, uh, <laughs> you know and. There's, what's this about you flash other camper vans? Yeah, we've seen that happen, but they don't know we're a camper van, really. No, because we're, we're a bit undercover. We look, we, yeah, so it, it's good, really. Uh, I quite like that. Yeah, yeah, it's very cosy, warm, comfy, easy to drive. Yeah, really easy. So it's automatic. So and it's kept pretty clean, to be honest. We've been good and not walked around in our shoes. And I think we've been lucky with the weather as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's definitely helped. So it's only rain today. Yeah, but it's not bad. It's stopped now, hasn't it? So. No. So uh, we to say thank you to Ford UK uh, for helping us out and uh, saying, hey, take this, see how you get on with it and uh, see if you can make it work. And it does. It yeah. does work. It makes a perfect um, dive vehicle. So even if you're not going to use it as a camper van, certainly to ferry yeah. heavy dive gear around would be perfect. Yeah. And you can rock up anywhere and have a yeah. cuppa on the gas stove. Yeah, it does. So that's all good. Yeah. So. Cool. Okay. Um, so that was, we come down Thursday, Friday, we rocked up and popped in to see our friends at 03. We did. We went to see uh, Tom Harms. He looked after us in the shop, gave yeah. us a bit of a shop tour and Tom Wright was on holiday. But yeah, big thank you to two Toms for sorting Who's been out. to 03? You know, it's a really good, they got some... That's a really good uh, shop to go in. They've got the full range of all the uh, exposure suits, dry suits, wet suits, garments, uh, hoods, gloves, all that sort of stuff. Yep. 
uh, dry gloves, Kobe glo- uh, dry gloves. Yeah, they've got uh, plenty jo- of bags. Oh, the jollop thing. That's a great <laughs> thing. Why aren't more dive centres got this? You know, uh, so when you use your jollop and you you uh, empty the bottle, you can take your empty jollop bottle and you've got a little pump thing. It's a refill station. And you got a refill. How cool yeah. is that? Yeah, so you only have to pay £3 for a jollop refill. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, so any dive centres listening... Contact A3 and have a think about getting um, a jollop refill. Yeah, because it's it is saving the planet again. Yeah, less um, jollop bottles around. Come on, Chris and Polly, at Crystal Sea Scuba. Let's get us let's get us jollop refill. Yeah, so so that was good. Um, and then they had a suit for me to try on. A dry yeah, suit. got a, lo- a lone, lone suit. suit. Yep, so I've tried on. that on. Doesn't need any adjustments. How does that not need any adjustment? Because I'm amazing. a perfect fit. You know, that's um well no it was straight. it was made for somebody else but it didn't work out did it so not for them no no, no apparently. but it fitted me <laughs> yeah that's unbelievable you put that on it's like bing yeah it's like it was made to measure yeah so it's one of their uh flexible suits uh, it's quite flexy yeah um it's got two pockets on a zip and a which you're going to find nice yeah i'm looking forward to getting those yeah um, yeah, and it was really easy to get on. Tom gave me some great tips for how to get a dry suit on and off. Yeah. And you yeah. used the tips yesterday, yeah, didn't I you? Did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it works. I haven't seen those top tips, so uh, thanks to Tom for giving us those. And you, to be fair, you do like your fourth element, uh, hydro suit as yeah. well, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair. So, yeah. so you know. they're yeah, comparable. They're both comfy, but obviously until I get diving in the O3 suit, which hopefully we'll pick up mid-November, yeah. and then we'll... Give it a go. Yeah, I'll get you advanced. You're going to get your advanced done in, in my hydro suit. In your yeah. hydro suit, because that's yeah. the suit you used to. Yeah, and my BCD, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, well, it'd be nice. We're hoping that we can come back down, to, you know, pick your suit up and maybe get a dive in it. Yeah, so if it's that. in the sea or even go back to uh, Fobson. There's some, there's some really good diving around, in, around Portland area, isn't there? Mm. Yeah. Is that the, um, what New- was the cove? Newton's Cove Newton's we went cove. and had a look at, yeah. So that's a potential if the weather blows out on Chesil Beach. Yeah, yeah. Chesil Beach is huge, isn't it? Yeah, it's massive. Yeah, I was quite surprised by that. It's quite so, uh, a big nice. shingly bank. So we've looked at it on pictures on social media and it did look like kind of a bay, but it is yeah. a big expanse of water. It is a big bit of water. water. Yeah. Yeah, but great to see. So yeah, so thank you to O3 for looking after us. Yeah, it showed us some um, some of their uh, most earliest of suits. We saw a really old um, dry suit still in working order, and that was yeah. like twenty plus years old. Yeah. So you know how how good is that for testament of uh, if you're looking around for dry suits? Uh, obviously, other suits are available, but I've got to say, you know, it's a really good testament yeah. that that they're still servicing suits that are twenty years old. Yeah, so if any of our listeners out there have got any O3 experiences, let us know. Tell yeah, us tell us about it. Yeah. Any advice or tell us about your dry suits, then yeah, we're here to have a listen and we might give you a mention on the next episode. Yeah, yeah, so that was really good. Um, and then we also, but we also want to say thank you to Sean and Marcus mm-hmm. as well and yeah. hello to the rest of the uh, guys that work there and uh, to say thank you for... You know, give us that opportunity to go in there. Yeah, they were super friendly and looked after us. Yeah, and uh, they've been great. O3 have been really great supporters right from the start. Um, you know, so uh, of the Big Scuba podcast. So yes. What, yeah. You know, uh, can't do that without people's support. No. So I uh, want we'll to say thank you to them. And, um, and then yesterday, 
we were we went to Vobster Key. We did. We left the sea, the coast, and headed inland, and we went to Vobster, and that was our first dive for both of us. Yeah, yeah. I've not been so, there before, yeah. and uh, didn't really know what to expect, apart from I thought, well, maybe that's on lines with something somewhere like Stony Cove, perhaps, mm. as it's another training training facility. Um, and uh, we were kind of got shown around by Tim. Tim and Pete looked or, after us. As I called him, Phil. <laughs> right, Phil? Phil. Um, Pete in the shop, he booked us in yeah. and yeah, gave us a tour and gave us some tips for what to see underwater. Gave us an idea for a second dive, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, so it was really good. And they're all re- very friendly people, very well organised system. They've got two dive sessions, morning and then afternoon. So you, Which worked really well. Perfectly well. Yeah, so it was open. Our dive session was two till eight at night, so it means that they offer night diving. Yeah, which is uh, something that's unusual. And you kind of done your first night dive because it was getting dark. It was, yeah, wasn't it? yeah. More of a kind of a dusk. Call it a dusk. Yeah, a so dusk dive. Quite a new experience. Yeah. We got out of the water about five. Yeah, or even a bit after. It was almost yeah, dark when we got was, out, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. So yeah, it does change. The feel of the dive, but I had to use my torch. But so the first dive, we, we dropped down uh, and we kept on the ledge. So it's about 12, 15 Max meters, depth was about 12 metres. Yeah. And we, they got um, a plane cockpit and some sections of a plane. Car? A uh, car, got an Escort, an old, es- yeah. old Mark II Escort sitting there. Poor old thing. There was a little boat state. down there as well, wasn't there? Yeah, boat. Yeah, and the... Uh, aeroplane was broken into like three or four parts so you could like swim really yeah, easily sure through one could, bit couldn't what, you what the plane was um, but there's a, a stream of these air bubbles coming mm. up weren't there yeah yeah. it's an old what did you say but visibility was brilliant it was and because it really just good. got sunny as we got in on that first dive it was really lovely I would say at worst it was 15 mm. uh, metres but I would say if anything that must have been more yeah no, it's, well, we dropped when we dropped down to the top of that big boat on the second dive. You could see it from like ten meters, couldn't yeah. you? And that sat at what eighteen? Yeah, yeah. So that was good. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. And then second dive, um, Pete gave us the idea of where to go for mm-hmm. second dive, and we did a surface swim. Yep, out to a line. Yeah, when it dropped down the line, and you, we use it as a visual reference, yep. which is going to be. Roughly this very similar dive to what you're going to be doing when you do your deep spec of, yeah. of the advanced. And that's why I wanted to do it. You'll yeah. be using that over the, usually over the stain garth mm-hmm. and use the line. Well, first time you'll be holding the line and then the second time you'll be using it as a just a reference. Yeah. So, but but you've done that really well and you kept your buoyancy, uh, you kept a nice position mm. and uh, you kept close to me, close to the line. Yep. And dropped down really well. Yeah, just got in a Took bit of a time. flap getting my torch or trying to get my torch out. Only at the bottom. But though. that is just too much task loading. That was what that yeah, was. Yeah. yeah. So, and so, but that just proves it's, you can't do too much too quick. Well, you know, you're learning. So. Uh, yeah, and that was great. It was a good way to learn. Didn't come out feeling disappointed. So we went around that boat. I can't remember what the boat it was. That was quite a biggish boat. Um, and then it had a wheelhouse, didn't it? Yeah. So you go round that. Um, uh, we went round. We, we dropped down on the bow, mm-hmm. kept the boat on the right, round the back, round the back, and the back of the boat drops to about it's getting like, approaching eighteen meters. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you got to about 17 17 and a half yeah yeah and it was enough to feel the cold wasn't it yes as we headed around you got a bit of a (gasps) on your cheeks yeah and then we started heading back uh, back inland towards the the quay we sort of went up a slope didn't we up a bit yeah Yeah. uh, coming a bit bit more shallower then by uh, about 15 meters and then to sort of 11 12 ish yeah saw the tunnel there's a tunnel there obviously that's out of my um, league at the moment well one part of it is about 15 but it drops down the other end of the tunnel to 22 so that's plus you haven't done any enclosed areas as such so no so but it's good to see because that's something of, of an attraction there and then they've got like a crushing works which is a big square building we saw yeah. the edge of it yeah, it's been old um, limestone quarry yeah. so if you're anywhere near the bottom you'll stir all this old pa- this old powder it almost, well it looked like white sand it didn't is, it yeah mm. yeah so uh, saw some fish and it's famous for crayfish isn't it yes as well? Yeah, got a lot of crayfish. So in there. definitely recommend trying Bobster Key as a dive. Nice facilities, got a calf on site. Um, the nice wrist, shop. They, you don't pay any cash. You just literally get a wristband when you book in. Yeah, it's everything all, uh, is charged to your wristband, and then yeah. when you book out, you pay. Yeah, so uh, that worked really well. Really good system. So uh, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and you just, you know, as you say, just pay at the end. So, mm. that, so that's really good. Um, and then today to make what have we done today we today. have well, we've, we were on a different campsite we have got into the Mendip Hills last night yeah and today we went and picked up Chris Jewell Chris Jewell yeah so he came out he's not he's not seen a nugget before is he <laughs> no so we popped him in the back seat yeah like we're hijacking him a bit <laughs> wasn't it? quick go he's in and then we went up Cheddar Gorge for a little drive and stopped kind of halfway up probably and uh, on location yeah, we had some goats kept running around. Are they goats or sheep? Uh, they could be. I'm not quite sure what they were. No, they were pretty nimble. They were jumping about all over the place. Yeah, so that was good. Um, so we spoke to Chris about his diving, cave diving, he's, how he got into he's it. Many films that are coming out. He's yeah, a he's a bit of a film star. <laughs> so yeah, because he was obviously a big part of the Thai cave rescue operation. We didn't have any red carpet for him. No. No, I'm sure it was, he didn't need it. No. So yeah, so we that was all good. Really nice guy, yep. and uh, absolute pleasure to talk to. And um, that yeah, will be out. It was really good hearing his. Yes. Yeah. Hearing his story. And his episode will be out the one after this one. Yeah. Yeah, to coincide with the release of the Nat Geo film, The Rescue. It's almost like we planned it. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> Wing it. <laughs> Wing it. No. But um, yeah, it's been it's been really good, and it's been a full on uh, few days, really. Quite tiring, isn't it? it Although has. it doesn't seem it, but it no. is. So yeah, now what are we off to do? So we are at Wookie Hole Car Park, yeah. and we're going to do the Wookie Hole Adventure, which Chris hasn't done. No, but he has heard people that have done it, so we're going to be putting helmets on overalls. So on. We're doing something that Chris hasn't done. How about no, that? but we're going in a cave, so we're going to yeah. do a bit of abseiling, I think, climbing. Don't think we're not going underwater or anything like that, but no. it's it's literally just to have a bit of fun and. Well, I don't think we. I'm not, I wouldn't plan on taking my dive gear. I <laughs> might. I might look at as a bit funny. <laughs> we, we rock up <laughs> in dressed, our dry suits, dressed in rubber. Well, we, we know m- many people are used to you, Jim, <laughs> dressing <laughs> d- dressing up in rubber. 
on a Saturday, on a, on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, and a Friday morning. No, no more carrots for you. <laughs> yes. Anyway, right, moving on. Moving on swiftly. Um, yeah, and we're going to move on to uh, a little ask, a little request, as we like to do. So if you're listening to this and you think, wow, you know, uh, this is really good and you enjoy it and you enjoy what we do every week, we come out every Monday with us chatting to all sorts of guests. Now, we can't do that without you guys uh, supporting us and one way you can do that is by leaving us a review. Yeah, on Apple, So iTunes, all you got to do, wherever yeah. you download, leave us a review, uh, share, tell your buddies, um, subscribe. If you, we, There'll be some YouTube stuff coming out with this. We've got absolutely no signal at the minute. Um, and a lot of the places where we've been, there's been no signal. No, so um, you can so, follow us. Hopefully, on... in the next day or so, we'll be able to get some YouTube stuff out. Yeah, and you can follow us on social media. So we've got Facebook page, Twitter page, Instagram page. Just look up Big Scuba. Yeah, uh, we do have a patrons. Uh, you know, there's a patrons out mm-hmm. there, and we do have regular patrons, and we love them. That's really great. Um, but you know, and if you're happy to do that, we love you to bits. You know, that's great. Yeah, that's great. But way. these episodes are all free; they'll remain free. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yes, you know. But if you want to sub- help us, a great way you can do that is by leaving leaving us a review. It, it just helps other people find us. Yeah, and it helps spread it. spread the word. It don't cost a bean. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. All right, yeah. but for the price of a cup of coffee, if you want to support us. We will love you even more, and we'll give you more, lots of lots of love by shouting you out on the exactly. podcast. Yeah. Um, okay, the other thing I just want to uh, quickly mention as well. So let's talk about our guests mm-hmm. um, now. A, a few weeks ago, we saw one of our previous guests on the Big Scuba had recently taken on a new job. Mm, Simon Morris. Simon Morris and. Uh, Many of you know Simon uh, or know, or knows works, mm-hmm. and if you don't, uh, go on his website simonmorris.com and uh, look him up. And um, you know, there's a he's done some amazing works. Yeah, yeah, they're big works as well, aren't they? Like yeah. tall um, statues that have been, um, well, I suppose sunken and made a, and they make natural reefs. Yeah, wherever they put. And um, you know they. He lives in Canada, and um, so he's several hours behind us mm-hmm. in, in the UK. And when we heard the great news that he was going to be working for a great, great company like Shearwater, who we, you know, we love, we love their yeah, and they've supported love their us dive computers, well. yeah. and they are fans of the podcast. Mm-hmm. They um, have supported you and they supported yep. us. Yeah, and um, we thought, right, let's get an update. So what we've kind of done is that we've got an update from. Simon about what he's up to, why he's working for Shearwater. Yes, and we've also heard from Gabrielle, who we interviewed a while back as well from Shearwater. Yeah, and he's obviously given us a little bit of information about Simon as well. Yeah, and then we what we thought we'd do is then add on the uh, our previous discussion. Yeah, some snippets had, from them um, from when we spoke to Simon, like. Uh, early last year yeah and the, we can put a little bit in from uh, Gabrielle as well yeah, yeah. so uh, so there's going to be a bit that added in uh, but it's about really 
uh, Simon Morris, wise joining Shearwater, and a bit about she and, and also about Shearwater. Yeah, and just to yeah say thank you for supporting the podcast. Yeah, 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 we love them to bits and uh, great products and uh, keeps us safe while we're in yeah, the water. Yeah, so welcome to the Shearwater family, Simon Morris. And many people that listen to us, uh, you know, use Shearwater, fans of Shearwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, other dive computers are out there. We get that. We know. And, uh, and they're also great products. Yes. But we particularly love Shearwater and we want to... We do. You know, big them up. And uh, a lot of the divers at Vobster yesterday who were all on the uh, rebreathers and twin sets. There was mm-hmm. a lot of technical p- there divers were. there yesterday. I don't know if you noticed, but they all had Shearwaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after speaking to Chris Jewell, a lot of the cave divers from around here go to Vobster to practice. They do. So... Um, there we go. So that's what's coming up. So should we sit back and yeah, let's have a listen to, to Simon episode ninety six. Let's do it. Okay, camera is rolling. Hi, I'm Gabriel Pineda from Shearwater Research, and just coming to talk to you a little bit about uh, having Simon Morris as part of our team. We are very happy that Simon was able to join us. He brings a wealth of experience, having many decades working together in the scuba industry. And we're very sure that he will be making a big difference in how we get to our customers in a better and more efficient way. And you may notice that I am not in Canada. I'm in beautiful Bonaire. You may ask why. Well, here to tell us uh, is Mr. Herman Arango because uh, we are participating in this magnificent event called Bonaire Tech. Hello everybody, this is uh, Bonaire and Bonaire Tech. We just finished a wonderful week of diving. We've been running the event for about 10 years in a row and we are more than happy to get plenty of companies. And like this year, we have Gabriel and Sherwater hoping and helping with the event. So you are more than welcome to join the event anytime you want. We run it every single year, first week of October, and then you are more than welcome to be here. Hi, Ian and Gemma. Thank you for the opportunity to provide an update to the podcast we did last year. It's been an eventful time. COVID made for an interesting year in 2021 but it allowed me plenty of time in the studio to create some new pieces. So the COVID experience for me was more positive than for most. I had a very successful display at the Artists for Conservation Foundation exhibition, where my new piece, Nowhere to Go, a commentary on climate change and habitat loss in the Eastern Canadian Arctic, won a juried selection for placement at the Van Dusen Botanical Gardens in Vancouver in October of 2021. The piece depicts a polar bear, an orca, and a narwhal in new interactions around a rotting iceberg caused by the shrinking ice pack. I also had the opportunity to recreate a new version of the fractured remnant of the original mermaid I called Requiem for Atlantis. This was full size, but missing most of the arms, some of the torso, and only had enough of the tail remaining to show she's a mermaid and not a human figure. She was designed to represent one possible destiny of the mermaid, a rediscovered shard of a relic of antiquity found by an underwater archaeologist in our distant future. 
I had sold two of these many years ago, and out of the blue was approached by a new client in the United States to purchase another. To my dismay, I found that the mold had been destroyed and was not usable. Fortunately, I had laser scanned the original mermaid to create a smaller, scaled limited editions and still have the digital file. Using this, the client and I redesigned the piece to best suit his environment. I used the data to carve a new original from 10-pound foam with a CNC milling machine, then used plastilina clay to add on the final details, and then molded and cast the piece. The client was very happy, and I have a new limited edition to sell again. This one is just called Requiem, but I should have called it Phoenix, as it almost literally rose from the ashes of the first one. In November of 2021, I was approached by Bruce Partridge of Shearwater Research, Inc. to discuss a private commission of a bronze sculpture for his home in British Columbia. During our discussions to describe the sculpture, which ultimately went ahead and is now complete, I realized how much I was missing the diving industry, and I approached Bruce regarding available positions at Shearwater for someone with my scuba industry experience. As has been so often the case in my very fortunate life, I found myself once again in the right place at the right time, as Shearwater soon became in the position of needing someone like me. Shearwater is an extremely thorough and well-prepared company in every aspect of their operations. The interview process was arduous and took some time, but I was hired in August and my first day on the job was September the 7th. I'm now the sales manager a new position at Shearwater created to help the company achieve the next level of global excellence in market development and international sales while maintaining our outstanding levels of customer care and satisfaction. Our core values are that we really, really care about our customers. We are continuously improving. We are energized to succeed and we treat everyone with respect. These values are the foundation on which our success was built and we must ensure they're scalable and not only maintained, but improved upon as we grow. My job is to apply our core values and brand attributes as we expand our dealer base in North America and around the world. Our goals are to maintain and increase our technical leadership in the marketplace, keep our end users satisfied and even amazed with our product performance, and be the most efficient and easy to deal with supplier to all of our dealers and distributors. As I mentioned in last year's podcast, I was badly bent in 2000, and my diving profiles have been extremely conservative ever since getting back in the water in 2005. On a very personal level, it's incredibly satisfying to work with a company that is a leader in the dive computer field and allows me the opportunity to consult with the world's best decompression experts to expand my opportunities while remaining as safe as diving can be. It's a huge honor to work for such a company with such amazing, talented, and committed people, and I'm humbled to have been chosen. I can't wait to see what's next. Thanks again. See you soon. Bye-bye. Alrighty, so this recording is an update from Simon Morris. This is... It's not an update. Because right. I've done that, I've put Simon Morris in. Oh, right, right. So so it's th- just this the... is a pre- our previous conversation. Right, okay. If I say Simon is a previous guest of the podcast. Right, yeah. okay. Okay, so Simon Morris is a previous guest on the Big Scuba Podcast 
podcast. We spoke to Simon this time about last year on YouTube. It was a YouTube-based conversation. Called A Little Big Chat. Called A Little Big Chat, that's right. Now, if you want to get the visuals for this conversation, you need to go to the YouTube channel of the Big Scuba Podcast. However, this is just the audio version of that conversation. So, with no further ado... Here is that conversation. Hello and welcome to the Big Scuba Podcast. Welcome to a little big chat edition. So this is about people coming on, talking to us about whatever they want to talk to us about, whether it's their new diver, where maybe they run a dive center, maybe they've got a new line of wetsuits coming out, or maybe they've just completed a, a big project on marine um, science or something like that. And they want us to help spread that message doesn't matter it's free you know um they get 40 minutes to talk about them or whatever the subject is and then we spread it we we put it on our youtube channel we put it on our instagram facebook social media and then also all we ask is that they do the same across all their social media and the more we share the more it gets out there and the more it helps to keep keep things ticking over the other thing I would say as well, don't forget to subscribe. There's more of these coming. We do several of these a month. And um, that's a blackbird that's now joining us. Everybody wants to be on the show. What can we say? There we go. So don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to ring the bell. And that way you'll keep up to date with what's coming on. See you soon. So Simon, welcome to the Big Scuba Podcast. Um, you. you know, this this uh, time, although it's only about forty minutes, it's all about you and tell us about you and the things that you do. Uh, we've got your website; it's a great website. It's a really great, um, you know, some really great stuff on there. You know, and we'll go through that. But the beauty of this is, it's all about yourself, um, and you know, we'll share everything after this on our uh, platforms to our. Uh, listeners and followers and if you can do the same as well because it will help us build as a podcast Absolutely. and it will help you as well and get your words and what you want to get out there to our you know, followers and what have you. So really Simon Morris, welcome to the Scuba over to you. Tell us about Great. you. Great, well thank you uh, thank you very much uh, both of you and um, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and to all of the divers uh, in the UK and around the world. Uh, I was born in England in uh, 1958, which is way too long ago, at uh, Kingston-on-Thames. Came to Vancouver in British Columbia, Canada in 1966. Uh, and 29 years ago tomorrow, moved to Salt Spring Island, uh, uh -huh. which is a small island off the coast of Vancouver. We're about a three and a half hour ferry ride from Vancouver. And uh, this is where we've lived, uh, raised our kids. It's where I keep my studio uh, and where I've built all of my, um, all of my sculpture. So uh, I started uh, welded steel sculpture as a kid when I was about 12 and uh, did that for uh, quite a few years. And in 1986, uh, by sheer fluke, uh, managed to get myself commissioned to create uh, the first mermaid, uh, which is known as the Emerald Princess, 
and she's in Powell River, British Columbia. About a, it's about a five hour journey and two ferry rides north of uh, Vancouver. So I was uh, commissioned to do her in 1986 and we eventually sank her in uh, March of uh, 1989. So she's just had her 30th anniversary underwater uh, uh-huh. up there. And that led me to do more and more uh, bronze sculpture. Most of what I do is, um, uh, is marine life and marine myth and fantasy and um, an actual um, uh, explorers and people well known in the, uh, in the maritime world. So I've been very fortunate and had some good public commissions. Uh, I have a piece of uh, a guy named Henry Larson, who was the skipper of a Royal Canadian Mounted Police vessel called the St. Rock, which is at the Vancouver Maritime Museum. And uh, he is a life-size bronze of Henry Larson, uh, commemorating uh, the fact that uh, he and his ship were the first vessel to go through the Northwest Passage uh, from west to east back in uh, 1942. Right. But uh, mainly what I do is, uh, is marine-related art, uh, and I put the big pieces um, underwater. And I've been, for quite a few years now, uh, trying to use, or not trying, actually succeeding to use um, the... Um, portion of proceeds of the sale of my art uh, to promote environmental organizations and causes and that sort of thing. Uh, in fact, most of the art that I sell now, I sell through organizations like that. And um, it actually led to, uh, in January of this year, it led me to being inducted as a signature member of the Artists for Conservation Foundation. Uh, which is a, a Canadian organization uh, that, in their words, represents 500 of the world's most influential wildlife artists uh, that work for conservation and that sort of thing. It's very difficult to get into, and I was quite honored uh, and, and quite humbled to be uh, accepted and invited. And uh, they, every year, as I said, it started in Canada, but they operate in 30 countries now. And every year they have um, a major exhibition that starts at the Van, Van Dusen Botanical Gardens in Vancouver, uh, and then goes to Nevada, to China, other locations in uh, Asia Pacific, and then over to Europe. So it travels for a year, and uh, it's a juried selection process and they accept just 50 uh, applications from the 500 artists. And I was very fortunate to be selected uh, this year. And this, this polar bear actually right here, if you can see it, I'm not sure, yes. yeah. um, is, um, is a piece that right after this I'll be finished him and uh, will deliver him to my foundry. Uh, it's part of a much larger piece uh, called Nowhere to Go, uh, and it's commentary on the uh, habitat loss and uh, climate change in the eastern Canadian Arctic. And in the section uh, of ocean between basically the southwest of Greenland is becoming more and more open every year. The ice pack is melting uh, considerably. And this is doing a couple of things. First of all, uh, the polar bear are losing habitat. So this polar bear sits on top of a 
relatively small section of ice flow. And underneath it is a 36 inch high piece of an eroding iceberg. And to symbolize the fact that the narwhal are getting predation from the orca who can now get into the narwhal's territory because the ice is gone, uh, they're suffering pretty badly at the, uh, uh, at the hands of the, uh, of the orca. So there's a 36 inch long orca chasing a narwhal around uh, the iceberg. And the piece is called Nowhere to Go. Uh, and um, I have to have it cast by August the 10th. So uh, the polar bear here is the last piece to get to the foundry. Uh, wow. Everything else has been delivered in the last week. And uh, I'll send so you guys some photos when it's all done in August. Oh, please, yeah. What is the polar bear made of? Uh, mostly what I work in for detailed work is called microcrystalline wax. And as you can see, he's dark brown. Yeah. And uh, these manatees here started out of the same material. Uh, can you see the octopus down here? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This octopus, uh, if you can see, he's sort of um, guarding a rock that he's on. Uh -huh. And octopus are hard to sculpt because basically they're bags of water. And how do you choose, you know, context and everything like that? So I actually went beachcombing and found the rock that he's on, on the beach, uh, brought the rock back to my studio, and then I used what's called plastilina clay and sculpted the octopus around the actual rock. Um, and plastilina clay is a fine grade of terracotta clay that's been fired and then ground in a bald mill into powder and then remixed with the um, uh, very high grade oil and wax. So it never, like, or, like ordinary water clay, it never dries, shrinks, or hardens um, and remains plastic for as long as you need it. And basically, if you ever played with plasticine when you were a little kid, it's plasticine for grown ups. Right. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And, and from this, we do the lost wax casting process to turn it into. Uh, uh, into bronze and um, so I, I guess I'm probably best known internationally for the large pieces that I do uh, put underwater. Uh, I have a nine foot tall mermaid. The first one was uh, in Powell River in 1989 and then in 2000 I put another casting of the same nine foot mermaid uh, underwater at Sunset House in Grand Cayman. And then in 2014, uh, I completed uh, my largest sculpture to date, the Guardian of the Reef. Uh, and he is half man, half seahorse. Yeah. Uh, atop a Roman column. I think you've seen him. He's on my. Uh, Amazing. On my yeah. and, uh, he and uh, Amphitrite and Grand Cayman are very, very well known. Uh, Amphitrite was the second casting of just two, so there won't be any more of that mermaid. Uh, but the Guardian of the Reef is the first casting of a worldwide limited edition, limited edition of four. And uh, so I have been working hard over the last few months to um, develop relationships with other uh, destinations and. Uh, very fortunately, I've run into people uh, in some of the diving spots in the south of England 
that are very, very interested. So I'm currently in negotiations and, and discovering how to go through the permit process in England uh, because the permit, the permitting, the raising funds to do these are not that difficult, but the permit process can take years. And uh, I have an, another sculpture uh, and it's called a hippocampus. And most people know that a hippocampus is the small gland at the base of your brain, but not everybody knows that it's called a hippocampus because it looks like one. And a hippocampus is in Greek mythology, a horse mermaid. So if you imagine the front uh, end of a rearing horse with a mermaid's tail, and then a young mermaid swimming alongside it, and he has a long mane that she's sort of uh, hanging onto, and um, April marked the 17th year of permit application. So it, uh, uh, it can take a long time. So we're, um, I'm in discussions and negotiations right now to find out uh, where the best place would be to put it and where we'll accept him. Um, but basically, I guess, because of my English heritage and, and background, uh, I really want the second Guardian of the Reef sculpture to be on the south coast of England. Yeah, it would be amazing. How long does it take for you to make these casts? Well, it, it, uh, it obviously it depends on the size and the uh, um, uh, complexity of the piece. A life-size figure, the kind that you've seen on my website, uh, usually takes me about five weeks of 10-hour days to make the original. And then it's usually about three months at the foundry. Uh, I'm not there the whole time, but elapsed time is is, uh, is three months. Uh, I completed most of the original work for the Guardian of the Reef in 2004 uh, in about two months. And then the original organization that commissioned me to do it ran out of uh, uh, money and the ability to fundraise. <laughs> Excuse me. And so he literally sat in my studio for 10 years. And it was uh, a fluke meeting on LinkedIn uh, that connected me with the people uh, at Dive Tech on Grand Cayman who became the uh, client. And it was just, uh, as I said, a fluke meeting on LinkedIn and they didn't know anything about it. And they knew that I was the sculptor of the mermaid. Uh, but they didn't know that I had started this other piece 10 years earlier. Uh, and from that chance meeting, uh, within four weeks, we had the contract signed and uh, he was on his way to the foundry. Oh, wow. Yeah, amazing. So are you actually a diver as well? Do you like? Oh, yes. Um, my, uh, <laughs> my parents taught me to dive by throwing me in a swimming pool when I was, or not dive, to swim. Uh, by throwing me in a swimming pool when I was about six months old. Uh, and by the time I was four, I was pestering them for what in those days was known as goggles and flippers in any of the sporting goods stores in London. And they did eventually um, find them. Uh, and so by the time I was about five, uh, I was uh, snorkeling around uh, at... Uh, at Brighton and Hailing Island and places like that, uh, freezing myself half to death when I was a little kid. And then in, um, in 1966, we moved to British Columbia, which has uh, fantastic diving. 
Uh, and I learned to dive when I was 15 uh, in 1973. Uh, yeah. So I've now been diving 47 years. Uh, and I guess I've done about 2,000 dives. Uh, and I've been very fortunate. I've worked in the scuba diving industry most of my life. Uh, and uh, do you guys know that the, the brand Bear in England? B-A-R-E? B-A-R-E. They make wetsuits, dry suits, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I've, I've, I've seen the name. They're, they're in 53 countries and they're, they're pretty well known. I was vice president of product development for Bear uh, for many years, and I was also uh, general manager of Scuba Pro in Canada, uh, okay. and I was okay. international product development manager for Scuba Pro for uh, quite a few years, some late 90s through 2000s. Yeah. All right, so you worked in the industry for quite a while then, really. Oh yeah, yeah, um, almost all my life. I, got, I started diving in 73 and I started working in a dive shop in 74 and yeah. basically worked ever since. Yeah, so do you dive much now? Uh, I dive as much as I can right now. Um, COVID has put a, uh, a little bit of an impact uh, into that. And um, I've, I've had a few setbacks over the years as far as uh, my diving is concerned. I got badly bent in 2000. Uh, and I was out of the water for five years um, wow. until I had enough treatment that I could uh, get back in. Uh, and so after that, so I was out of the water from 2000 until 2005. And then I got a lot more um, hyperbaric O2 treatment uh, and did get back in the water. I dive very conservatively these days. I haven't been beyond 80 feet since, uh, since I got bent because I really don't want to get bent again. No. Uh, and two years ago in January, I had a quadruple bypass, uh, and that kept me out of the water for six months. But other than that, I'm as active as time permits, and I still love it as much as the day I started. Good. Yeah, that's, that's really good. good. And you can still see quite a lot from snorkeling as well, can't you? You know, so these days well, you, you can. Don't. And, and um, our our waters are beautiful, and our visibility is good. So uh, uh, snorkeling is uh, great. Lots of life in the shallows here. Yeah, I bet, I bet. Because you're on the far west coast, aren't you, over there? Yes, we are. That if you, if you look at the map of Western Canada and find Vancouver, uh, just offshore from Vancouver, you'll see a big island uh, called Vancouver Island. And it's at the bottom tip or the southern tip of uh, Vancouver Island uh, where the city of Victoria lies. Yeah. And Victoria is... Um, uh, actually the capital of British Columbia and yeah. between um, the, the body of water between Vancouver and Vancouver Island is called the Georgia Strait uh, and in that strait are a group of islands an archipelago of islands called the Gulf Islands and I live on Salt Spring which is the largest I think it's about 20 kilometers long and uh, we have uh, 13,000 people uh, and as of tomorrow, I will have lived here with uh, my wife, Melanie, and our kids when they were still at home for 29 years. So wow. it's, yeah. it's basically uh, paradise. Uh, the diving is good. It's an artist community, tourism, farming, agriculture, wineries. Uh, so what time is it over there? The mildest climate in Canada. What time is it over there at the moment? 
It's uh, 1030. We're eight hours behind. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. So these uh, sculptures that get immersed in the sea, do they eventually turn into some kind of reef or are they quite, they don't attract any life? Oh, they, they do. Uh, they do attract life. Uh, the ones that get more heavily dived uh, have less life on them. The one in, in Cal River probably receives the most diving traffic and the life comes and goes. Mm. Uh, there was a period where she was absent. She didn't get dived a lot. The local dive store went out of business uh, and she didn't get a lot of uh, dive traffic for a couple of years. And uh, within a very short period, she was absolutely covered in huge white plumos anemones, the same type of anemones that uh, you have there in England. And if you didn't know she was there, you would not have recognized her. She was just covered. Um, but as soon as the divers started coming back, um, I don't know if you know, but anemones get up and move if they get bothered. So they all left. And um, both the, uh, uh, the mermaid in, um, and the guardian uh, have less life on them because they are, um, they get a lot more diving traffic, but they're both starting to grow corals uh, on them and, uh, and they have anemones. And to preserve, preserve the bronze, we use a cathodic zinc, exactly the same way you put a zinc on a, um, on a bronze boat propeller. Uh, and you know, all of the studies and anecdotal evidence show that it does absolutely no environmental damage whatsoever. It's pretty much inert to the surrounding side. But the, uh, the Guardian of the Reef, most of the photos of the Guardian are, are hard to uh, see this feature, but the Roman column has big chunks torn out of it. And the way he is mounted is on a, a concrete uh, pyramid that's uh, it's three levels. Each level is about 16 inches high. The first level is eight feet square, the second is five feet square, the third is three feet square, and in the middle of that, there is a, um, a concrete column that is slightly shorter and slightly narrower than the bronze column that he sits on. And so the idea is that it's cast in, um, in what's called critter-friendly pH concrete so that it will actually attract encrusting marine life okay. so that the local indigenous marine life, wherever we put them, will grow on the concrete out through the big holes in the, um, uh, in the bronze column and actually start to integrate him uh, into the reef. And um, but are, you, are you guys familiar with an organization called Reef Ball? Reef yes. World, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Todd Barber, the founder of Reef Ball in, uh, in Florida, is an old friend of mine. Uh, okay. And he's been very supportive of my underwater work and everything like that. And he has uh, offered that any organization that puts in a guardian of the reef uh, can um, purchase the Reef Ball program at their best pricing level, which is what they call educational and institutional. And so uh, one of my goals is to set up uh, the Guardian of the Reef as at the center of a reef ball installation and add rings around him every year so that uh, students and marine biologists and everyday divers can actually track the growth uh, over the years in an area where they're 
perhaps wasn't anything before, um, mm. but will create an underwater garden. So that's my hopes for the south of England. Yeah, that's amazing. So what's the uh, oldest sculpture you've got in the, in the ocean? Oh, that will be the, the, um, uh, the first one, which is uh, the Emerald Princess in Powell River. And uh, she was sunk on March the 16th, 1989. Right, okay. Uh, the, um, the second mermaid, which is at uh, Sunset House in Grand Cayman, uh, will enjoy her 20th anniversary in November. And the guardian of the reef at Dive Tech went in in um, April of uh, 2014. Mm. Do you say Dive Tech? Dive Tech, yes. Oh, okay. So is it quite a logistic issue getting these sculptures, you know, these statues into the water? How long does that it's, take and what does it involve? It, it's not a huge operation. Uh, it is a little risky, and uh, I tend to <laughs> I tend to get pretty stressed out in the middle of it because um, generally it involves making the transition from where it is stored and displayed on land um, from land to a boat, uh, and then um, from uh, from the land base to where it's going to be uh, sunk. Uh, and uh, and then um, lowered from the surface uh, to uh, uh, to where it's going to be uh, installed at Sunset House. This was relatively easy uh, because uh, the mermaid Amphitrite was just put on their house reef, which is about a hundred yards away from their water access point. So for that, we were able to just stand her up with a really big forklift with a hydraulic extender arm. Mm. And uh, he he picked her up and then slung her vertically and then took her out to uh, with this big extender arm to where one of their dive boats that had a davit on board they were able to transfer just by hooking to the rigging that they had set up the forklift backed away and she was uh, hanging in the water they only had to transport her a hundred yards and then lower her down with the uh, the davit to the waiting base. It was a little tricky because it was uh, it was wavy and she was swinging through an arc, um, but we got her in there. The, um, uh, the guardian of the reef at Dive Tech was more complicated because there isn't an access point. So he was on display at the Dive Tech uh, resort uh, for a few months, and then he had to be trucked to Georgetown which is seven miles away, and then transferred to uh, a large system of uh, lift bags uh, horizontally. So he was hanging in the water horizontally, suspended under the lift bags, and then was towed in the ocean seven miles uh, all the way down to dive tech, and then lowered using uh, by, they, they unhooked him from one of the lift bags so that he was hanging uh, vertically, we had him rigged around the head and uh, the neck, uh, and then um, very, very delicately uh, controlling the buoyancy, got him down to the bottom, and then four or five divers with BPVs sort of jockeyed him into position. Um, so he was Who plans all this process of how to do that? Because that's that's quite a task. That's quite a project to do that because yeah, it's, it's uh, much wider. Yeah, I, I, 
I provide the, the parameters of what the sculpture can bear as far as stress load and uh, that kind of thing. And uh, by the time when I, uh, delivery to the customer is based on the day it's shipped uh, from the foundry. So it's insured until it arrives at the destination. And after that, it's the responsibility of the, uh, of the installing customer to make sure that everything goes smoothly. But it's such a good uh, publicity uh, event, because uh, let's face it, this is a relatively rare thing and most mm -hmm. few people find it pretty interesting. Uh, we've always found that really good quality local infrastructure uh, companies uh, are willing to, uh, to lend a hand. And uh, so far, touch wood, we've never had a, uh, an incident. Then how do you fix them to the actual seabed? Well, the, uh, the mermaid was put on a concrete base uh, in Cayman with three holes about that big in diameter, probably four or five inches in diameter, extending down into the concrete base uh, in, a, in a triangle. And coming out of the base of her tail uh, are three um, fairly big, like three inch diameter rods. Uh, that were de designed to fit into those holes. And just as we um, um, uh, just before we dropped her into position, we half filled the holes uh, with speed creep that sets underwater and then yeah. lowered her into it. And uh, then she's rock solid. She, she um, in Cayman, she sits in 55 feet of water, and during Hurricane Ivan, the waves were so big that three times during the storm, her head was visible in the trough. And uh, oh yeah, it was it was massive. Wow. Um, I have uh, I have another sculpture in Grand Cayman that's called Tradition, um, and he was right uh, on the waterfront uh, at the ruins of Fort George, probably 10 feet above sea sea level. And uh, when, um, when Hurricane Ivan hit, uh, that part of Cayman was underwater for three days and they didn't know if he was there or not. Um, and and uh, he survived, he went green from all of the salt, but he survived the, uh, um, uh, the hurricane very well. And the Guardian of the Reef, as I said, the base of that has a pillar that's, it's quite big, it's just under 30 inches in diameter. Mm -hmm. uh, and probably three feet tall and yeah. the guardian just slides on top of that like a, a sleeve and then at the four corners of the bottom of the roman column uh there were uh 18 inch uh by uh two inch stainless steel ready rods that were dropped into four holes in a similar so, manner half full of uh, i've got a question feet. for you i've got a question for you yeah uh, if there's somebody you don't have to answer this, <laughs> but if you wanted to uh, sculpt to somebody, make them out of brass, and sink them in the ocean, do you have anyone in mind? Who you is there like um, a celebrity or just someone who you'd love oh, to, um, who you haven't had a chance to? to well, to I, sculpt I've, yet? I've, um, I've done a uh, I've done a, a couple of well-known people. Uh, you guys, I'm sure, are um, 
trained under BSAC, the British Sub Aqua Club. Well, we're Paddy, but we, we're, we're Paddy. Paddy. So the uh, Paddy is globally is the largest um, uh, dive training um, organization, uh, and their founders uh, were Ralph Erickson and uh, John uh, Cronin. And John died, oh, must be 15 years ago now. And uh, Paddy commissioned me to do a life-size bust uh, of John that sits in Founders Hall in, um, in Santa Ana. And uh, then they decided that, well, we can't have John without Ralph, and Ralph was still alive. So they commissioned me to do one of Ralph's. So both of those busts uh, are there. And Henry Larson is the, uh, as I said, he was the skipper uh, of the RCMP vessel St. Rock that went through the Northwest Passage. Uh, and um, I actually came extremely close. This wouldn't have been underwater, but um, you guys must remember the show Forty Towers. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, a lot of it takes place in the Exeter uh, area, and uh, Exeter has done very well with uh, tourism. And oh, ten at least ten years ago, there was a move afoot to put a sculpture of John Cleese um, in the, the town somewhere in Exeter. Really? And uh, through a long series of events, I won't even uh, uh, go into it because we've only got the forty minutes. Uh, I ended up being selected as an artist to do a proposal to do a life-size figure of, of John Cleese as Basil Fawlty. Um, at a place in town and one of my favorite scenes of him was the one with the plumber when he, it ends with him stalking off with a garden gnome under his arm and uh, so that's how I was going to do it but of course we had to get John Cleese's permission and I ended up actually in email contact with uh, with John and he was uh, he was uh, very nice about the whole thing and, and quite a hysterical guy yeah. and um, my champion uh, was a uh, MP in Exeter uh, when you guys had a big. Um, what the heck was that? That's right. That's big. Okay. Um, you guys had a big uh, by-election, um, and the Conservatives swept it that year, except for my guy in Exeter, and he was ousted, and his replacement had no interest in uh, in doing it. So you could uh, do one with um, Basil Fawlty as he hit the car with a brush. That was, that was one of my other, when he, when he gave the mini a damn good thrashing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would have been uh, uh, another one. And, um, and at the same time, I had a group of people that wanted me to do Churchill. Um, and yeah. uh, it looked for a moment that I would have both Churchill and Basil Fawlty in my studio at the same time. And unfortunately, uh, both of them fell through from funding issues and that kind of thing. So... Neither of them came off, but uh, um, my next, uh, as I said, my next piece that for underwater, like a new piece, uh, I hope will be this uh, hippocampus. And um, I have a, a, another piece as far as putting people underwater. Uh, the, um, uh, the Canadian Merchant Navy uh, was very well known and very respected, and, and there's a great deal of gratitude towards. Um, the Canadian Merchant Navy from the British and uh, we've been uh, sinking 
uh, World War II uh, and Cold War destroyers here in British Columbia. Uh, and in fact, uh, our people here from the Artificial Reef Society uh, were quite helpful with the organization in Plymouth that sank the Scylla. Uh, and um, so I was uh, part of a proposal to do a life-size bronze of uh, a Canadian merchant navy member to go on a vessel here called the Cape Breton, which was a, um, a Canadian, pardon me, Canadian merchant navy vessel um, involved in the North Atlantic convoys in World War II. Uh, and once again, that was a project I got started. I did the original maquette this high, uh, and ultimately, unfortunately, ran into some uh, political issues with some of the people in the Canadian Merchant Navy that said, you know what, there's enough of our dead guys on the seabed, we don't want any more. So out of respect for them, I, I withdrew the uh, yeah. project. That's fair enough. Um, Simon, we're nearly at the end, and uh, it's been really great hearing your stories and about the about the diving and what have you. Um, so for our listeners, and hopefully uh, prospective new clients for you, um, where do people need to go to to find out more about you and the things that you're doing and to keep oh, up to just, date? Yeah, just my um, uh, my website, which you have the address. Yes. Uh, for and anybody is very welcome uh, to email me at Simon at sculpturesimonmorris.com and you have that uh, also. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. And, and are you on Instagram, Facebook? Uh, yes, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram, I'm at Sculptor Simon Morris. Okay, brilliant. Excellent. Okay. And we'll share all that and get all that out there for you, okay? And if you can do the same for us as well, uh, we'll let you know. Will, and there are, um, there are a couple of really good uh, videos that are on Vimeo uh, by Franz de Backer, a friend of mine on Cayman of the Guardian and um, uh, uh, Amphitrite in Cayman. Yeah. And I'm sure that if you give him credit, if you pull it, I'll, I'll send you the links. That would be great. Little bits of that and give Franz credit, I'm sure he'd be very happy. We always do, yeah. Let's have anything like that and we'll put it all on and we credit back. So whoever right. does that, they'll get the credit for it. Absolutely no problem at all. You know, and we do, perfect. You know, you know, do come back to us when you've got more news, you know, use us to spread the word. Uh, and do will. keep in contact with us, you know. Keep yeah, in touch. Certainly, certainly if I make any uh, progress with uh, the Guardian in the south of England, I'll be sure to let you guys know. Oh, definitely, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's been so interesting, yeah, it's amazing what you do. It's yeah. uh, very nice uh, of you to uh, have me on and I appreciate your interest. Yeah, well, no, no, we'll keep in touch, back, definitely. Yeah. Definitely come back. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks, Simon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Alrighty then, Gemma, we're back. Uh, so thank you very much to Simon and Gabrielle for sparing some time uh, to share 
their updates with us and I hope you have enjoyed that as much as what we did. Yep, and if you're looking for a dive computer, have a look at Shearwater. Yep, you know, they're great and we said that right at the start, didn't we? So, yeah, they are brilliant and so clear. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's nice when you're in bad viz, you can look at your dive computer and see it all shining back at you, telling you what you need to do. Exactly, and it's, it is so easy to use, yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah, as a new diver, I can definitely vouch for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, thank you. And, um, you know, coming up on the next episode is going to be... It's going to be Chris Jewell. Yes, on episode 97. Before then, you know, we want to say thank you for downloading this episode, as always. Thank you for listening and sticking with us. And, um, you know, there's more exciting plans coming uh, hopefully we'll be out and about more with Ford with mm. a bit of luck um, you know and uh, there's going to be more things out on social media over the course of the next few days yeah have a look um, and you'll see what we've been up to over the weekend as well yeah don't forget about the Blue O2 liverboard in October 2022 so you know, we've got a year's time to save up for that get booked on people are booking up so get on there and book and join in. It's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be a fun trip. Um, that's you know. So look out for that, uh, and that'll be good to have you aboard. Yeah, it's only a small deposit just to secure your place. So yeah, either send us an email or contact Blue O2 directly and quote the big scooper. Yeah, we do love our UK diving, you know, and uh, love the divers in the UK. Got to say that, you know, and do love then going to somewhere warm where you can just dive in and enjoy the all the fish the pretty fish the colors and all that you know and <laughs> be on a great boat yeah i'm looking forward to it it yeah. is it's going to be an awesome diving awesome wrecks awesome stuff to see nice weather you know and awesome guests as well so uh, with awesome crew as well yeah. you know well they, they literally can't do enough for you so um yeah you know love our blue o2 crew um so also don't forget to like and share now we have got elaine whiteford who's another fabulous guest yep, we spoke to. another uk diver so we spoke to her in the week didn't yeah, we she um, talks about yeah. uk diving and uh, diving particularly in scotland uh, yeah. dive a lot on her own you know yeah, she well yeah she is mostly a solo diver so she is, yeah. but yeah it was really interesting talking to her um she's been diving you know many years and still diving almost every day yeah which is brilliant you know and uh real passion there about her diving so um and sensible diving i thought you know really yeah she comes diving. across yeah as a um you know she's got lots of redundancy built into her diving day by day so she knows exactly. she does yeah so look up elaine uh and she'll be coming on very soon but don't forget to like share and subscribe to our social media um don't forget to tell your buddies about what we do you know, it just helps us grow. It's a free, it doesn't cost you nothing. No. Maybe a few seconds just to hit the old like button, comment, and we get we we love feedback. We do like we like comments. hearing. Somebody said it. last night, didn't they? They said, "Well, why don't you do a podcast in in full face masks?" And I yeah. Thought, hmm. Yeah. So any little doesn't matter what you say to us. Yeah, we'll always take things on board and uh, see what you. Yeah, suggest. Yeah, so, definitely. Social media, you can direct message us, you can email us, and we will respond. So we just look forward to hearing from you. If you've got any suggestions for future guests... Yeah, let us know what you thought of the nugget as well. Uh, would you buy one? Do you like them? 
do you like Ford? Do you, would you go for other makes? Have you seen a Nugget you know, on the road? Are you a camper van? You know, you know, do you use a camper van for, for your holidays? Uh, if so, would you consider the Ford Nugget? You know, we're kind of proved that it does work for, for diving. Mm, it does work. And yeah. there, there is a lot of thought gone into the storage cubby holds of where you can put bits and pieces. Yeah. Dry bags are essential. Yes, yeah, you, you just want to keep things... The yeah. going to get wet and messed up, but yeah. that would be the same whether you're in a, a any car, other make or a car, you know. Yeah. So dry bags are definitely essential. Yeah. Um, but I have to say this has worked an absolute treasure. Yeah, yeah I'm converted. I really think, yeah, yeah. it really works. Are going to be selling the Mazda to get one? Um, I No, I wouldn't sell the Mazda, but <laughs> it'd be nice to have one of these as like a... You could just hop in it and go away for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I was looking for sport mode like we had in the Raptor. I haven't, I, found don't, the, no. I haven't found the sport mode. <laughs> Maybe they're going to bring up a soupy, souped up version. Mm. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, with big wheels. Yeah. But anyway, that's kind of it from us for, for this episode. Yep. Better. We've got to um, get geared up for this Wookiee Hole adventure. Yeah, I think we might get a little bit damp and muddy, but... Well, we've got a shower in the back here, so uh, we'll be able to wash down our muddy boots. Yeah, and we can go back to our campsite. and um... Make a cup of tea. That's the pleasure of a camper van. Yeah. And holidaying in the UK. Hey, look, it's, it's even raining, so uh, how, how about that? So it's even, even the British We've got UK the British weather today. Out for us. Yeah. But anyway, what I say, thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for all you who s- send us messages uh, and commenting and things like that. Yeah. So uh, we can't do it, and it's good to know our listener is out there. Absolutely. So thank you for downloading, and we look forward to hearing you very quickly Ooh. i've got to say sorry i, 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 I always think of something right at the end <laughs> i just got to say thank you to our partners yes and friends who do all like, surprise so i'm going to quickly reel them off paralens mares apex aqualung fourth element fourth element O three. O three. um paralens have you done i've done paralens dark tide happy bottles yes Moon wrap for Moon frost fire. Yeah. yeah, we love them all. And, uh, you know, if we missed anyone out, and there is some couple of others in the pipeline as well. So uh, there'll be more to follow. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's a big thank you from us. And, and if a- we have forgot you, we'll, get, we'll catch you next time. And talk about next time. That's it. Speak to you next week. <laughs> all right. Catch you on episode, the next episode. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We are not affiliated with any agency or organisation and all opinions expressed in this episode are our own and those of our guests. If you wish to make any comments about this episode, then please do contact us via email or our social media platforms that are listed in the episode show notes. Alternatively, you can send us a message or voice message via WhatsApp on the Big Scuba Bat Phone and the number is plus four four. 7810 We will always respond promptly and thank you once again for downloading this episode.